So one of the things that I thought about, obviously this feels different, right? Um, but I think what feels the most different to me is this is the first time I've had to preach in a while um, with, with something on other than my underwear and a nice shirt. So I actually had to put on shorts for this sermon today. Um, <laughs> it is good to be with you guys. Definitely miss seeing you in person, and I'm glad to be able to do this with you today. A few weeks back, I uh, spoke with my, my mentor, um, my spiritual director out in California, Bill. You've heard me talk about him before, I'm sure. But he asked me on one of our, our phone calls, Zoom calls, he said, you know, how are you doing with all of this? And this is just after what happened with George Floyd, right? So I think it was that week. And I, I just told him that I'm really just like sad. I am sad. I am sad. Um, I feel frustrated. I feel overwhelmed. I feel as if there are so many layers to the chaos in our country that I don't even know where to start, where, where to begin. I, it almost seems impossible to even make a dent into the issues. It seems quite a bit hopeless. And that's how I was feeling. I don't know if you have felt that way at any point along this, uh, you know, this time with the pandemic and then off, obviously the racial stuff that's going on and then with the economy and the... Many people out of jobs, but that's how I felt. Um, and so I was being honest with him, but I think where God has brought me along to is that um, where we start with being a part of the solution to the ills that plague us is by me reaching one, you reaching one. If we want to change the world, we've got to reach one. Because here's what's ha- what happens. I calculated if I reach one person for Jesus in this coming year, and they become a disciple of Christ, and if each of you do the same thing, our church in eight to nine years, if we reach one and we teach that person to reach one the following year and we teach that person to reach one the next year, in eight to nine years we will have reached 32,000 people for Jesus, just our church. In eight to nine years. That's exponential growth. Now, if we don't just reach one each year and teach them to reach one, that exponentially decreases. And so God, I felt impressed upon my heart. Shane, if you want the world to change, you got to be that change. You've probably heard that quote before. It's a great quote. I forget who said it. But also... You've got to reach one, and you've got to teach your people to reach one. That's how the world's going to change. Um, Because when a person, we know when they have Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives inside of them, where the Holy Spirit is present and is having his way, guess what has to go? Racism. Where the Holy Spirit is present and is having its way, guess what has to go? This deep political divisiveness that has us demonizing people across the aisle from us. Right? Unhealthy judgmentalism has to go. Because the gospel is not about any of that. And it rips it out of us. 
and in its place, it gives us a real deep humility and a real deep desire to view people as our equals, right? So this is what this whole sermon series has been about. I'm glad that in person we get to wrap it up with you because this is how the world's going to be changed, through us going public. And so I want to today, I want to summarize what we've covered in this sermon series by looking at the items on your handout. And then I want to talk about how does this really become a lifestyle for us. So let's pray, and I will do that. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be back together in this way. Lord, I'm so grateful that you pursued us and that you moved into our neighborhood and you were present among us and you rescued us. And Lord, you do not rescue us so that we can just sit on the sidelines enjoying the blessings of knowing you. But part of, that's part of it, but you also rescue us so that we can partner with you to see other people rescued so that the world can be changed. There's hope for the world because you are the God of hope, and we are your vehicle of hope, the church. Lord, help us to take your great commission seriously. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus said to his followers, all authority has been given to me in heaven on on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It is time for us to double down on this great commission. So, how do we do it? We go public with our faith. How do we do that? First, we need the proper motivation. The proper motivation is that I know who God is, and I know who I am in Christ. I am so stinking loved and secure that I can be confident and sharing my faith in Jesus with other people through words and actions. And because I'm so secure in that identity, I'm not fearing rejection. I am not fearing failure, right? And I'm not doing it to, like, um, get glory for myself, right? I'm already accepted in Jesus. I don't have to earn my acceptance. I don't have to earn my way to being made right with God. Jesus' perfect life has been credited to my account. I am already made right and accepted in him, and so now I go share my faith out of, out of gratitude and as a way of loving Jesus and other people. That's the motivation we need. Secondly, we need, the next thing is prayer. Um, Prayer enables us to go public with our faith strategically, intentionally, and powerfully. First, strategically, we need to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. Here's why. God, let me say it again. We need to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. This is why. Because God knows a person's heart. And if we are going to strategically and intelligently share our faith with a person, we need to go to God first. What do they need to hear? How do they need to hear it, right? What, what uh, gospel demonstration do they need, right? It also helps us to be intentional about sharing our faith. Have you noticed that the things you pray about frequently, they're on the forefront of your mind, and so then you're more likely to actually 
be looking for opportunities and seizing them when they present themselves? We remain intentional when we pray about going public with our faith. Powerfully, we know, and the Bible makes it clear, that only the Holy Spirit can unlock a person's heart and give them faith in Jesus. So, in God in his sovereignty, he has wired things in such a way that when we pray, God moves. When we pray, God moves and works in response to those prayers. Jesus has said that, look, some of God's blessings only come when we ask. That means there are some blessings we're missing out on simply because we're not asking for them. I don't want to miss out on blessings for me or for other people because I simply haven't asked in prayer, right? So, intentionally, strategically, and powerfully, that's, that's what prayer enables us to, uh, how prayer enables us to go public. Presence, right? This is the next major component. So Jesus, he came and became one of us, right? He moved into our neighborhood. He put on flesh and bones so that he could be faithfully present with us. If we are going to really reach people, we have to uh, establish a faithful presence among them. What does that mean? It means we simply merge our life with their life. We become interested in what they're interested in. Right? We move into their life, not expecting them to move into our life in some sort of way. We follow Jesus' example. And as you are faithfully present, you, one critical thing is you have to listen while you're faithfully present. Because listening will inform you as to how you do these next two components. I think often our gospel proclamation isn't the greatest because we haven't first listened well. What are the people that we are being faithfully present among? What are their fears? What are their hopes? What are their hurts? Because that's going to give us the information we need to know how to share the gospel through words and deeds with them. So gospel demonstration, next major component. We demonstrate the gospel by, tra- by our transformed character and by our loving, sacrificial good works that serve the people we are seeking to reach. I've said repeatedly, if you um, tuned in online, that unless people are impressed with our Christian character and our life of good deeds, they're not going to want to even investigate this gospel message we're proclaiming. Right? And so gospel demonstration is huge, especially in our cultural climate right now, where there's so much mistrust going on. Uh, The church has gotten a bad rap, uh, in a lot of ways, rightfully so. And so people are really skeptical, right? Gospel demonstration can, can dismantle some of that skepticism. But people need to hear the gospel message. It's not just enough for us to demonstrate it through our character and through our good works. They need to hear the message because faith comes by hearing, right? And so one or two ways you can explain the gospel to someone is by sharing your grace story, your experience with Jesus, how he has pursued you, transformed you, and how he's still transforming you. Another way that you can express the gospel to somebody is through sharing God's story with them, right? And if you do that in a conversation by answering the four questions I have in your, on your handout, 
It can be just a natural conversation, not like this car salesman presentation, right? We, we're trying to avoid car salesman presentations. Let's, let's have a real conversation with somebody around the most important questions of life. And then, again, I have that asterisk there, know their story. It's going to help you do the proclamation well. And then finally, we're not just looking for these people that we want to reach for Jesus for them just to say a prayer, right? We are looking for them to actually live a lifestyle of discipleship. Guess what? In order to do that, they need to be discipled. And so we need to be committed to that. And if we feel ill-equipped to actually disciple them, we need to link them up with the person that can. Spiritual babies need spiritual parents. It's just, just a fact. That's how Jesus made it. That's, that's how he designed it. Now, here's the question. Good information, right? I don't, I don't think anybody here would probably disagree with what I just shared with you. Maybe you would. Maybe there are some disagreements, and that's okay. Um, the, the trick here is, with all things in a relationship to Jesus and in the spiritual life, is how does this actually become part of our DNA? How does this actually become our lifestyle? How does this actually become ingrained in us so we habitually think and live this way? Here's how you do that. Obviously, it's God's work in us that makes that happen, but we have to partner with God. We have to engage God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the sermon series that we did before the Going Public sermon series. You may remember Engage. And so if these things are really going to become second nature to us, we must engage God through prayer um, in regards to going public. And so the, what, what might that look like? That might look like me asking God, all right, Pastor Shane has shared with me the essential components of going public with my faith. God, where am I weak? Which component am I really weak in? Which component is maybe more of a natural strength for me? God, where... And out of these components, maybe if I'm weakened three of them, well, which one are, do you want to focus on right now, Lord, with me? So there's an example of engaging God through prayer in regards to going public. Engaging God through truth. Maybe I am going to look at Jesus' interactions with people in the Gospels as a way of engaging with truth in regards to going public. So what did he say to people? How did he say it? What deeds accompanied his proclamations? We can learn a lot, obviously, from doing that. Maybe I'll look at the book of Acts, and I'll look at how did the early church, who, which grew exponentially, how did they approach going public with their faith? Right? Maybe I would find a good book on being a witness for Jesus and how to love people who have a secularist mindset and how to proclaim the gospel to them. Maybe I find a book that looks at the Bible and also speaks into our current cultural context. All right, I need to engage God through community. This is huge. Christian community provides us the comfort we need to go public. They can say, like, in the encouragement we need, they can say, look, I know you can do this. When we have doubts about ourselves actually being able to share the gospel through words and actions, they can say, no, you can do this. When we really mess up and we make ourselves look stupid in an attempt of doing this, they can say, 
yeah, I did too. I remember last year, and it went really bad, and, but it's okay, right? They can also challenge us, keep us accountable. Are you being a witness for Jesus? Are you going public with your faith? Who's your one? What's your plan? What do you think God's plan is with that person, right? We need that. We also need coaching in, in community, right? So you may have the one in your mind who you believe God is calling you to reach for Jesus, and you may have questions that your, your Christian community can answer. You might say, like, look, I don't know. You know, this is what I know of the person. I'm not sure how to really explain Jesus to them. What do you think, right? So we can receive coaching through the Christian community. Um, the last piece is experience. We need experience. If, it, if it's really going to become a habit for us, we need plenty of opportunities to practice. Mary, with her life group girls, just had them all come and share their grace story in four minutes. Are you equipped, and have you had practice sharing your grace story with Jesus? Can you do that? Um, maybe you need to start with telling your spouse it or telling your kids it. Right? Can you communicate not only your grace story, but God's story? And how can you construct ways to practice? I know my mom, when she volunteered with Rahab, they um, gave her good instruction and training. Um, and they work with people that are stuck in uh, human trafficking in Canton. And they go and they witness and, and reach out to people in, in those conditions. But my mom got to take along with a seasoned veteran who has been doing this for years. That's an experience you can engage in where it's somewhat low bar, where you're just kind of taking along and learning, right? But unless we have practice, we are not going to become good at this. Experience is absolutely huge. So, there's hope. Because God is a God of hope. And he has chosen us, the church, his bride, to be the vehicle by which hope is going to be dispensed in the world. But unless we, as the church, and as individual members of it, take his great commission seriously, where is the world going to find hope? Right? Who's your one? How are you going to actually develop a plan that's full of experience, truth, community, and prayer so that you can employ these components of going public. And if we took this seriously and persisted at it over the next decade, the change, oh, the change. Look at what happened to the early church in the Roman Empire. Roman Empire that was full of injustice and oppression and racism the gospel just engulfed it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we often fall so short in so many ways in our relationship with you, and I'm so grateful that uh, we have your perfect performance record. Um, and so we can come to you with boldness and confidence, knowing that there's grace, knowing that you don't see us, um, all of our flaws and sins, you don't see it and hold it against us. 
uh, because of our trust in you, Jesus. And so thank you for that. And one way we often fail is actually by taking your great commission seriously, each individual one of us. Um, I know I've failed in that way uh, over the years many, many times. Lord, I pray that you would place such a burning desire in us to see our world changed, that we would begin by one, reaching one, and that we would see people come to know you and be transformed by you so that the systems in our world are changed. Lord, we know that there's always going to be trouble until you return, and we're not going to be able to you know, erase all forms of evil and sin. And, but we do believe that uh, your kingdom is advancing. And it, when it gets really dark, the, your light shines all the more brightly. Help us to be bearers of that light. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.